Hey, Hyvie and Steve here with a quick message about our amazing sponsor, Timeless Pints Brewery. You know, Timeless Pints is local right here in Southern California, off the 405 freeway, Cherry Avenue exit, right next to the Long Beach Airport. And they are open and filling growlers during the coronavirus crisis. Chris and Mary are there during the week. Stacy is there on the weekends. And they can fill your growler so that you can stay home do what you're supposed to be doing for coronavirus and uh, enjoy your timeless pints in the comfort of your own home while socially distancing and keeping everyone else safe and healthy from your germs. They've got all different kinds of beer, stouts, porters, light beer, dark beer, Belgians, and it's all delicious. They make it here on site at Timeless Pints right here in Lakewood. What more do you want? Go down, get your growler filled, and enjoy the best beer in Southern California in the comfort of your own home. For hours and beer availability, you can look them up on Facebook at Timeless Pints Brewing Company or follow them on Twitter at Timeless Pints. And when you go down, say hi to Stacy or Chris or Mary. Make sure you tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Guys, I am so excited about tonight. I got I've got three things. Three things. I got my McKellen 18 with my whiskey stones, a gift from a high-ranking member of the Wretched Hive podcast executive team. Thank you, Dave. Wait, You're what? Welcome. We have a new segment tonight. A new segment to debut on the Wretched Hive podcast. First time Oops. ever that anyone has heard this ever even us and i've got a ton of star wars news to share with you because you have found the wretched hive podcast for friday july 31st 2020 episode 157 of the show my name is steve baldwin and the entire hive has joined me tonight and we are gonna fill your ear holes with star wars stuff so get ready people you <laughs> and it's disgusting and we're gonna start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot greg lent stevie b nasty my god it's so good to be back it's been a month since i've talked to you guys i was out last time well most of us were out last time i think you had kind of a pinch hitter with just you and scott there but i am stoked to be back because it has been you know what 2020 has been just a pisser for everybody but <laughs> I am Out. so glad that I have you guys because we are now seven twelfths of the way through this god awful year, <laughs> hoping for twenty twenty one to bring new things, bring anything really, other than staring <laughs> at my four walls, watching my wife paint the house. Yeah. No doubt about it. We gotta get out of this year already. Come on, twenty twenty. Yeah. Get out of here. Have you have you seen the meme that's of uh of the guy? It, it's got a digital clock that's like, you know, 12, 31, 20, 20, 11, 59, 59. It's got a picture of a guy next to it like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next frame is 
the same clock and it now says 13 2020 12 a.m and the guy's face is just no. <laughs> the, the most 2020 thing that I can imagine has happened so, to me so far, and your guys' mileage may vary, but for me, was they announced fucking there's alien technology, and we're all like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it might have been this man's uh, discovery. Uh, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Ivansky. Oh my God, Steve! I am so excited to be here. Uh, my sentiment's the same, Greg. I uh, this year is just kicking my ass, but I want to say there is one thing I'm excited about. Baseball is back, and the Dodgers are tearing it up. Two nights we sweep tonight. Uh, I was gonna say, as long as they keep throwing balls at the Astros, man, I'm I'm totally happy with it. Well, as long as the Astros don't have fans and they can cover up their trash can banging or anything like that. So we're good, right? But sweep <laughs> no, two nights in a row. We keep, hopefully we'll keep playing and not play the Marlins anytime soon because that <laughs> that that team is in terrible shape. Actually, 17 nobody, nobody's playing players. The Marlins soon. <laughs> 17 Actually, players. You want to play the Marlins. They're playing like their AAA lineup at this point. All the major so, leaguers are. So let, let me ask you guys a question because sports is, sports is coming back. Major League. Major League is the first one to kind of dip their toe in the water here at this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, so let me ask you this. It's a, this is a weird season. So is this one of those seasons that is going to have an asterisk next to it because it is so weird in the record books? Is it just full steam ahead? Who cares? It's not a 162-game season with a full round of playoffs. Or C, is it, only a val- is it a valid season only if the Dodgers win the World Series? Then we are all in and nothing else matters. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out and I, I say if the Dodgers win the World Series this year, I, I'm sorry. I, I have to put an asterisk next to it. I yeah. mean, I, I, how can you here, not? It just, it, it just feels it, it wouldn't feel real. It feels uh, this whole dirty. thing feels like a yeah. It's, it it feels dirty. It, hey, you know what? That's a, that's a fair statement. That's a fair statement, Steve. But and I know Greg, you got a point to make. But I got to say this: until we see an asterisk behind 2017, mm. and hell, even 2018, <laughs> let's just carry that with you to the day you die, Scott. I tell well, you, <laughs> well played. I believe the fight I've been in today over the stupid Houston cheaters or asterisk or asterisk. <laughs> what are they called nowadays? I don't even know. I, I got Scott's, your back on that. Scott, absolutely. Yeah, Scott's so. tombstone is going to have the Houston Astros World Series information on it and a giant asterisk next to it. If that's what he has to do to make it happen, that's what's going to happen. That's what's yeah. going to happen. This, this man's tombstone is going to have an asterisk next to it. He's the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. I resent that asterisk next to my name on my tombstone, by the way. I didn't well, deserve it. You know, it was unfounded. They were allegations. <laughs> But below it says, you know, asterisk, most interesting man in the world. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Hi, Nico. How are you, man? I'm well, S- Steven. <laughs> Did you forget my name? Steven. I just, I was about to, I work with a guy named Steven. And so I was about to call you Steven. And then, like, I've been talking about him the last couple of days. So it was just weird. It was like, uh, brain farted. Um, Awkward. Yeah, awkward. Work is kind of consuming my life right now, but I'm doing well. I think I'm alive. I woke up today. (laughs) I don't get to say this very often about Nico, but damn, he's looking pretty dapper. Look at the shirt. Yeah. Slick back in the head. Wow, man. He's got a collared shirt on. He's got to clean up. He's got a a real job now. I have to wear fucking 
khakis and a collar to work every day. You look like a you look like a Best Buy employee. Fuck you. <laughs> At least I look and... like an employee. Oh wow! And finally, Kitty has claws today. The first today. questions are very easy. Yeah. The last questions are much more difficult. Great. We. <laughs> if I didn't hear enough of this guy, we have. Uh, like a memory question, it's uh, <laughs> Dave. Like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. Yeah. Sh- should <laughs> you ever? So it's person, man, camera, TV, woman. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean. If you repeat them out of order, it's okay. But, but, you know, it's not as good. Is it (laughs) ever? Can you do that again? And you go, woman, man, person, camera, TV. (laughs) (laughs) If you get it in order, you get extra points. Oh. Harry. <laughs> but then when you go back about 20, 25 minutes later and they say, go back to that question. They don't tell you this and repeat them. Can you do it? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. Woo! Yeah. Potter. They say, that's amazing. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Dave. I'm so fucking depressed right now. <laughs> He got extra points, Dave. He got extra points. Are you insane? So I thought things were taking a, a turn towards the weird when Joe Biden was basically challenging Donald Trump to a push-up contest on stage at a presidential debate. Oh, no, no. But now, now we have the sitting president bragging about passing a cognitive test. Yeah. Like, like, it, like, like one, for, for anybody who's had a... For anybody who's had a family member who's had to go through that, it, it that it's excruciating and, and, and somewhat insulting. But I don't know that we're all taking enough time to pause and dwell on the fact that somehow, somewhere, someone decided it was necessary to give the president of the United States a cognitive test. He asked and that's me. that's the story. <laughs> I'm that's the story I'm interested in. And you can also buy T-shirts that say "Person, Woman, Man, Camera, TV" on Amazon now for like twenty-four bucks, and oh. I have about I have about five oh, on the way. Extra points for Dave on that one. Extra points. Oh, that's awesome! Sign me up for that. That's great. <laughs> I, I, I'm in on that, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't. It, it ninety-eight days, everybody. Ninety-eight days. Votes. Here ends my TED talk. Is it ninety-eight or is it ninety-six? We're I, Wednesday, and this is Friday this when the is show a airs. Fucking cognitive test, Greg. I didn't count it out on the calendar before I got on the show. No points for you, Dave. <laughs> well, if you've ever worn a T-shirt that makes fun of the president, uh, give us a call. Let us know what's on it at the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five Hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell Hive, you might be goddamn right. And you can also find us online at our new URL at oh. Wretched Hive Podcast, wretchedhivepodcast.net. You can stream all of the shows. I've been missing some staff meetings. Yeah, we've, we've had some, uh, we've got some stuff done while you guys were out last week. 
bitch. Nice. I was down it in the basement sucking on some battery acid. Got to recharge. <laughs> Look at that's that. Right. That's amazing. Uh, yep. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, that's facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. On Facebook! Yeah! I just did. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Wretch Hive Pod. So um, find us online, hook us up with your social media, and let us know how you're doing. Guys, we have a new segment to debut on the show tonight. I am so pumped about this. It's a little thing we like to call. <laughs> Sorry. This it's a tweet of the week. It's <laughs> the Star Wars. This is not going to be the tweet of the week, is it? Tweet of the week. No. Just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it is the. It is. God, let me start over. It's called. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't. I can't get it out. It's called Scott's Cantina Corner. Where are you going, Master? For a drink at Scott's Cantina Corner. We don't serve their kind here. What? I think I'll have a drink. Scott's Cantina Corner. It's Scott's Cantina Corner. Man, I can't get that out. There's, it's a lot of alliteration there for uh, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night and uh, scotch in me. Usually uh, you can't get it in. Every week, Ooh. Scott is going to debut a new recipe for a tiki drink. Oh, so this I really am- is a Cantina Corner. It literally is. And so, Scott, I'm going to hand it off to you. What is our first beverage for the inaugural segment of Scott's Cantina Corner? Well, Steve, I first want to say thanks. This new uh, this new segment is going to be so much fun. Add a little added twist. It's not going to be too long, but we're going to have something very special for our fans, our listeners, our followers. Uh, we are producing an actual video segment to coincide with the podcast every time we debut the podcast on Friday. So that will be coming up. And uh, in debuting this week, we are going to start off. Now, the, the, the quest here is to cover all decades. I don't want to just stick with Tiki, even though Tiki will be the focus. Um, so I'm going to go full 80s on you guys this week. Uh, my first drink I'm going to be debuting is the Fuzzy Wookie. So what we've got here is a variation of the classic drink, the Fuzzy Navel. And uh, what we've got is a little bit of peach schnapps, some vodka thrown in there, uh, orange juice, shaken over ice. And let's go into the quick recipe. We have two ounces of peach schnapps. We have four ounces of orange juice and a shaker tin filled with ice. And if you're lucky enough to have it, you can get your own cantina, scum and villainy cantina glass with the shaker. And, uh, and have yourself a nice little fuzzy navel cocktail. Now, the catch is I mentioned vodka. There are two variations of this drink. There is the fuzzy wookie, which is the variation of the fuzzy navel. And then if you add a little vodka, about an ounce and a half in, we're going to call it the hairy wookie. It's got a little more bite to it. Oh. So uh, can't wait to debut the video this this week when we debut our uh, when we drop the new episode. So look forward to that, Wretched High fans. All right. Awesome. So we're glug, glug, so, glug. so this video you're producing is yep. going to be you making the beverage yes, with the recipe be a, you just shared. The full making of video uh, produced, filmed, produced, and edited by myself and my son Jaden. Uh, can't wait. Uh, this is. Uh, there Are is you going to be feeding Jaden the drinks when you're finished making them? <laughs> 
I should. At this point, the way everything's been going during this lockdown, hell with it, you know? He's only 18, but I don't see any problems with that at all. Oh, didn't they? None whatsoever. Quarantine drinking laws, right? Isn't that an effect? <laughs> Greg is practically a lawyer. You can listen to his advice. And, <laughs> and then just hand him the keys to any car. I don't care who's <laughs> who it belongs to. As long as it's not mine. Take it out. Um, yeah, so we're going to have some extra little fun facts and tidbits during the video. Uh, can't wait. Some other real quick things about this segment. Here's the catch. We're going to have some surprises coming to you in the next couple weeks. Uh, I haven't even told Steve about yet. Oh. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. We might have some guests. We might have uh, some interesting little backgrounds on some of the drinks and how they coincide or share some similarities with Star Wars. Uh, can't wait, guys. I'm super excited about this new segment. So what is what is what are these new surprises that you haven't shared with me yet? I'm I'm uh, intrigued. Well, I can't I can't really talk about them right now. I'm I'm hoping it's for episode two, um, and it'll be on the video. I might even get something to to kind of work in with the podcast itself. So not I can I can share a little secret. I know what it is because Scott shared it with me, and I don't care about spoiler alerts. But he's going to drink milk straight from a cow's teat. <laughs> 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 you know, not gonna lie, I thought episode one of the Cantina Corner was gonna be whiskey neat, instructions, open bottle. Step two, <laughs> tilt bottle into mouth. Step three, don't stop drinking until you black out. <laughs> I got I gotta admit, I can't wait to debut not just the video, but I'm gonna put a few pictures up too that I took uh during the making of. Uh I really wanted to make this like fancy and fun and uh I, I added a lot of garnish to this thing. <laughs> way, way, way more than should be on this drink. So if, All right. if here's my hint, think Tatooine on this one, and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, Well, that matches our show, Fancy and Fun. Fancy people, and Fun. That's how people describe Fancy? us. Fancy? <laughs> Fancy and Fun. Sure. All right, Scott. Well, right, we're I'll looking forward it. to Scott's Cantina Corner moving forward every week on the Wretched Hive podcast. That's going to be a blast, dude. Thanks for doing that. Absolutely. I can't, wait. I can't wait to make the recipe. Actually, what I'll do is I'll post the recipe also on all, all of our social media. So we'll or hand it off to whoever's doing whatever. Uh, I, I think I think somebody has tried your drink though, Scott. Somebody has actually tried your fuzzy wookie. It's a Sir Anthony Daniels. What did you think, Sir Anthony, of Scott's there fuzzy wookie? Little fruity. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Little fruity. And it's disgusting. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. All right. <clears throat> it's a hell of a segue. Well, <laughs> that was not intentional, but it worked out perfectly. You can't just jam it in there. It's Roller Girl. You <laughs> <laughs> can't just do that? Oh, yes, I can. Uh, all right, guys. We've got a lot of news to share tonight. And uh, I'm going to start us off tonight, guys. We're going we're gonna to start it off with uh, The Mandalorian. Yes. News taking yes. home 15 nominations for the Emmy Awards that are coming up, the 2020 Emmy Awards. Uh, Mandalorian, well decorated uh, and well representing the Star Wars universe in the Emmy Awards. Uh, during the Emmy season here, we have uh, a quote from Kathleen Kennedy I'm so proud of everyone who contributed to make these Emmy nominations possible. And I'm thankful to be working with such a talented group of people, said Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. Disney took a big risk on us and The Mandalorian, and I can't thank them enough. Uh, John Favreau said it's such an honor to be recognized amongst so many wonderful shows. 
Uh, we had a great time making it, and uh, being nominated is an unexpected bonus. Uh, baby, Dave, baby Yoda also put out his own statement saying, I carried all you bitches on my back. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, talk about invading the cultural zeitgeist with uh, Baby Yoda. Uh, um, amazing, amazing thing that they did with that. Uh, Dave Filoni weighed in. It's so exciting to see the nominations, knowing how hard the entire team worked to bring the show and the child to life. I'm just so happy for everyone involved. Uh, that's from Dave Filoni, executive producer of The Mandalorian. Now, let me run down the uh, nominations. So, Mandalorian is nominated for Best Drama. Best Drama and, Series. And, and by the way, that Best Drama Series, just as an aside, that is like a murderer's row of good TV over the last year. I yeah. I don't know who's going to win, but man, I'm glad I'm not picking. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like, and I, and I hate to say it, folks, I, it definitely seems like Mandalorian got in there. It's kind of like the Black Panther nomination for, for Best Picture. It was very popular. It's very good, but you can't imagine that they're really going to give it serious consideration, but I, I, I sincerely hope that they do. So I, I don't have the list of all the nominees, but I know Watchmen also cleaned up with like 27 oh, nominations so cool. or something like that. Yeah, I, I wanted, which, yeah, I wanted which up, it would probably better than Mandalorian, to be honest. Watchmen is <laughs> better than probably anything that came out last year. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to effort the whole uh, nominee list for you here if uh, okay. if the Internet will cooperate with me. All right. Better, just better for, call Saul on that list, right? Better call better Saul. Better call Saul. Killing Eve, The Mandalorian. Killing Eve. I think is so o- fun. Ozark is on there. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. It's like a murderer's row of, uh, I mean, literally a murderer's row if you think about Better Call Saul and Ozark. Heyo. <laughs> while you're while you're looking it up, I'm going to switch to the comedy section just for uh, or the comedy nominations just for a moment and give a shout out to to my favorite new show of the past couple of years that's finished up its second season. What we do in the shadows nominated for best comedy, so I'm mm. super 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 stoked about that. And if you guys have not watched it yet, you are making a mistake. Big I have not, and I will mistake. put it on my list. So good. It is so good. And the movie is, too. The movie's fantastic. The movie's, the movie's amazing. But yeah, the uh, what we do in the Shadows show, uh, it's an FXX show. You can watch it on Hulu if you have that. Um, two okay. seasons. Watch all of them. They're right. you know 23 minutes, and they're 10, 10 episodes each season. Well worth a Saturday and Sunday to, to get to knock that out. All right. All so, right. so here we go. Best drama nominations. Best yep. series. Better Call Saul. The Crown. Outstanding. Oh, love The Crown. Okay. Handmaiden's Tale. Mm. Killing Eve. Okay. The Mandalorian. Ozark. Stranger Things. And Succession. And the winner is? Uh, Handmaiden's Tale is the one with, uh, not Chloe, but the the daughter on the West Wing. What's the yes. actress's name? Um, I was going to say the girl from Mad Elizabeth Moss. Was, was, she, yes, on, was Moss. she on the West Wing yes. also? Yeah, she she was uh, Jed Zoe. Bartlett's daughter. Oh, yeah. Zoe, Zoe Bartlett, Bartlett, the youngest daughter. Good yes. Figure. Yep. Uh, all right, Mandalorian also nominated for out. This is a good one. Outstanding character voiceover for Taika Waititi as IG Eleven. <laughs> Taika Waititi, bitches. Hey. Hey, man. He of the Star Wars director or filmmaker coming up exactly. uh, in the next few years. Yes. Um, outstanding guest actor. Given to Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon All right, in uh, the eighth chapter eight redemption. Uh, outstanding production design, outstanding cinematography for chapter seven, the reckoning. Uh, outstanding sci-fi fantasy costumes 
outstanding single camera picture editing, uh, prosthetic makeup, music composition. That's a real, I'm sorry, that's a real category? Outstanding <laughs> single camera picture editing? Uh, yep, outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series, Mandalorian <laughs> Chapter 2, The Child. That's a very specific nomination category. For a drama wow. series, too. Like. Outstanding yeah. positioning of second guy to the left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also for Chapter 4, Sanctuary, and uh, Chapter 8, Redemption. So three episodes were featured in that particular it, category. It just missed out on outstanding boom mic positioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they got beat up by Pink Shorts guy. Oh, <laughs> that, Again, that, somehow, dude. somewhere this year. R.I.P. Pink Shorts guy. R.I.P. Thank that you, Nico. Dude. That's a good, great pull. Great pull, Nico. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is. I love this guy. Outstanding music composition for Ludwig Göransson. Uh, boy, the Mandalorian music is so good. And I love that Disney Gallery episode where he's like, I bought this recorder online and I just tried this. And he just busts out. I'm just like, oh, my God. So it's cool. So- so if they, if they give out an Emmy for end title credits, it would win for sure. Oh yeah. And, and whoever knew, yeah. whoever knew that the recorder was a legit is- instrument when all of us who've had kids just watch our kid, we just watched all oh, of our yeah. children That's butcher like a, that shit. It's like a fourth grade <laughs> kill me now. And yeah, it totally is. Um, outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series. So sound editing, uh, outstanding sound mixing. Outstanding visual effects. Maybe no. Maybe it'll win for visual effects. Possible. Yep. I mean, the, Depends the on effects, who it's up against. As far as TV shows go, it had decent effects. Yeah. Well, really the did. the whole I've the seen a lot worse on TV. What do they call it? The void? Is that not the void? That was that a, uh, that VR thing. The no. what is it? Um, volume. The volume, the big room where they, I mean, if, yeah. if they don't get at least acknowledged for what they did with how they staged a set with that volume thing that they worked up, I, I don't know. Because that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. So That's super cool. Disney Gallery, go watch that show. And last one, just to, uh, to round it out, uh, st- uh, stunt coordination, outstanding stunt coordination for um, The Mandalorian. Oh, doesn't it's just for this whole series. Ryan Watson, stunt coordinator. So 15 in all for The Mandalorian. Congratulations, well Lucasfilm and Apple yes. Plus. Uh, and, uh, sorry, Disney Plus. Still no official date for season two? Just sometime in the fall? They're saying October, November? I have not seen a release date. Mm, I think, I I think that's accurate. Either. I think that's accurate. Still in the fall. Not delayed, though, thank God. Still still coming out. Unlike anything else, the biggest announcement we've heard the past couple weeks out of anything is just delayed, delay, delay. Right. What didn't uh, did are all the movies pushed back a year? Is what I read. Also, I don't have that story, but they're, they're still know. looking to put Tenet out like later okay. this year. Um. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Well, yeah, we're, we're getting there. All right. all right. You want to hold on that one? Okay. Yes. So, I yep. I do I do want to loop back on the Emmys though, Steve. Unless you're not done, I'm nope, gonna, I'll stop interrupting you. Go go. No, I just want to loop back to to also touch on the Watchmen. And the, the nominations that that one got, just because that was such an outstanding bit of television and, yeah, frankly, so prescient. Good. If you look at all the stuff that's been happening since Watchmen came out, I mean, the mm-hmm. the secret about Watchmen is that it's not a superhero TV show. It's a, it's a show about race and racism in America 
dressed up as a superhero drama. And that that came out a year before where we are now completely blows my mind. And The Watchmen was so good and so well done. It literally has three acting nominations in the same category of Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all three supporting male actors were, were nominated, which is unheard of for any television production. I mean, yeah. you can you it, get two, and that happens often. But three? Whoa. It turns out that show was actually written by Dr. Manhattan, and he has seen the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that actually, that's actually season two. Damon Lindelof is right now going, oh, shit, what a wonderful idea. <laughs> Calling up and feel like, I have it. I have the pitch for season two now. Uh, but so, if, you're, if you're someone who hasn't seen it yet, I am begging you. Please take the time and watch this. I can't imagine you'll regret it. It is just a magnificent bit of filmmaking. It is. It is really good. You're right. It is eerie. Let's talk about not just the subject matter, but one of the things that just hit home with me is the whole police force with the masks and the hidden identities. Holy hell. That just creeped the hell out of me when everything recently that's been going on is just shocking. They they had to have known, man. Did the Simpsons writers write this? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so we started uh, rewatching it tonight, actually, and and Lisa and I got through season or uh, episode three before uh, came to record the show tonight, and it is it is just freaky looking at the 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 law enforcement on the show, and they're all wearing masks, so they they're hiding their identity. Yeah. And it's 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 like walking around now, like everybody has a mask on. It's it's just it's a trip. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Craziness. Yeah, great show. So is it 27 uh, nominees uh, nominations for uh, Watchmen? Watchmen? I think yeah. so. They, I, and I oh, think wow. uh, six of them were just in the acting categories because they got one in best lead actor, one in best female lead actor for Regina King, who should win hands down uh one for best female supporting actor for gene smart and like i said three in the male supporting actor category Jeez. which means they probably won't win there because that'll the votes will cancel each other out yeah they'll they'll, they'll split the vote three ways and it yeah. goes to i don't know aaron paul who knows <laughs> <laughs> is he nominated for westworld probably not probably not well, I'm, no, I'm, but uh, I, El Camino was nominated for a movie. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty along, good. Along with what what was my favorite moment of the morning, going over these, I I mentioned I was reading over the nomination to Christine and the the best made for you know made for TV movie, and I was like the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus the Reverend, and she flipped out because she didn't know there there was an Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt movie and she hadn't seen it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why she called in sick to work today. Shh. <laughs> I never did watch that show, so I mean, I, I understand it's a thing, but I never did watch the show. So she means it's, it's like the marvelous Miss Maisel. Everybody says it's amazing, but I haven't watched that either. Carl, that is it. a I good just, show. Yeah, it's a funny show. It's Maisel a is show. amazing. It really is a good show. Um, I'm actually I'm into something right now. I can't wait to see how next year's nominations when the world turns back to normal. Um, has, has anyone checked out Perry Mason yet? No, no, not yet. Yeah. Lisa's watching it. I've watched a little bit. I watched the first episode of that uh, the, the the HBO show that Mark Ruffalo is on, where he plays twin brothers, and God, it was depressing. I could not go back at all because it was just it was so depressing. It was I, I it's like a six episode show, and I just I couldn't do it after the first one. I just wanted to hang myself. 
Is that the one where he he kills himself and he comes back, or they 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 kill him and bring back a better version of himself? Uh, that's not what the first episode was about. He, so he's twin brothers, and 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 one of the brothers is a paranoid schizophrenic, and he gets locked up in a hospital. Um, and it's the other brother dealing with 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 that. Okay. And I, and, and I didn't get past the first episode, so and, oh. and it was just it was so depressing. I'm sorry. There's another show out there similar to it. It's it's with Paul Rudd. Where oh, okay. Can't remember the name, but the show is basically you. He, it's it's a great show. It's so bizarre, but they end up killing him, but he doesn't die. They clone him and bring another version, a better version of himself back, and oh. the whole show is him battling himself. It, it Paul is, Rudd. Paul Rudd. Ant Man. Paul Rudd. Yes, Ant Man. Yeah. Ant Man. Wow. I've never even heard of this show. It is bizarre. I know the show you're talking about. I'm also blanking on the title. Yeah. And I'm I'm just going to throw this out here because I know there are some Beastie Boys fans uh, on the Hive. Oh, that show is so okay. good. Oh yeah. Beastie Boys story on Apple TV Plus uh, Emmy nomination for best documentary or nonfiction special. So good. There are there are few people who have affected me like when they died. I'm not a big like uh, you know celebrity. Oh my God, this person died. But I I remember to the day when I heard that 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 um, Adam Yauk had died. We were walking out of the Avengers. Um, the event, oh. the first Avengers movie had just come out that day, and we walked out of the movie. And I was with you, Scott, and and we heard on the radio as we were driving home that he had died. And I was so upset. And it was so it was such a you know it turned such a cool thing. The first Avengers movie was so awesome, and it really just bummed me out. And I am just sad that that guy is not making music anymore today because the BC Boys are just fucking legend. He, if you if you haven't watched the documentary, go out, do yourself a favor, watch that documentary. It is fantastic. It's not just a documentary. It's the two of them telling the story from a live stage point of view. So, so amazing how they tell their stories. And yes, it'll make you just miss the ever-loving shit out of him so much just because of what an incredible human being he was. Just a stand-up guy. Yeah, it's like an extended TED Talk slash Broadway one-man, two-man show. It's really interesting the way they mixed in the video footage with, you know, what obviously was their scripted parts. And then yeah. there's the, you know, uh, I think Mike D gets down on the, and, and sits down on the stage and 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 tears up a little bit and when he's telling the story. And it's, it's, it's really moving. I, I was really, really happily um, surprised by how... how authentic it was i thought it was great yeah so good and i I love their honesty with the shitty things that they did in their early careers they're not they don't hold back they tell you exactly like you know we were young and we were stupid and you know that's it that's basically what we were we made some mistakes and i love that they went through and made those corrections and said yeah we didn't we weren't the best people and we made a choice to be better Mm -hmm. and i just God, that's that's upstanding to me. That makes me feel like there's hope for you know, just gen- anybody, any just anybody out there. So great, great documentary. Well, looping it back to where you started, Steve, though, Mandalorian with 15 nominations. I remember when the original Star Wars came out and it racked up a slew of Oscar nominations, not just the traditional ones that we think of that Star Wars gets now, you know, all the technical awards. So right. it is it is gratifying 
to see that Mandalorian was not just, like you said, Greg, a hit and deservedly so because it's a good show. Maybe not a, a great show like like Watchmen is, but it's a really good show. And super, it's getting the, super solid. Yeah. And it's getting the acknowledgement for that because these are not yeah. just technical nominations that it got. Yeah. Yep. So Mandalorian yeah, has that in common with that original Star Wars movie 40 plus years ago. Yeah, really happy because, yeah, yeah it, it, is, it is not just a Star Wars show. It, it is a very well thought out and put together show. I mean, there's yep. really quality craftsmanship at work in that whole show across the board. And from the writing to the directing to the sets to the special effects, all of it. I mean, innovative and everything well deserved. And I just want to say in Favreau and Filoni, we trust, man. Those two are the sure. Star Wars, for sure. Well, and Taika. And Taika. Taika yes. with DT. Yeah. Well, after, after seeing Jojo so. Rabbit, I will literally go see anything that this guy makes for the I rest of I want to say, life. yeah, you guys are saying in Star Wars we trust or whatever, but like, like that's not just Star Wars. Anything that Taika touches is gold that's right true. now. And don't forget Ryan Johnson, too. He's coming out with a trilogy. I know oh, yeah, that, uh, that's still, that's still happening, loves right? Super excited about that. <laughs> I I do want to see what Ryan well, does. It, it's actually a treat to me. <laughs> Son of a bitch! You I was going to say I want to see what he does with his own yeah. with his own sandbox to play in. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No, true. He he's a very creative. Uh, Brick was really creative. Knives, Knives out, out is very creative. Um. What's his other movie? Looper. 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 Really fun. Um, he just had one bomb. I just realized I'm I'm repeating I'm re- I'm repeating everything you say. I just I'm just going to repeat everything you say. Steve. I love Steve. <laughs> I love Steve. Uh, Fuck you, Scott. That <laughs> <laughs> just warms the cockles of my heart. God, just, Nico. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, another story here. Uh, there is so. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, Star Wars Celebration was canceled. Oops. What yeah. hasn't been canceled at this point? Yep. Star Wars Celebration not Donald happening. Donald Trump's presidency. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Greg. And it's disgusting. My tickets were, I, I did not get a refund. I pushed them forward. So I'm going in 2022 for the 2020 price. I don't know if I'm going to save any money, but. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Fucking years! Wow. Yeah. Well, Hopefully, I'll Trump be alive still. Allowing these things in 2022. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but there is a replacement that's in the works, and it's being the the charge is being led by some podcasters, guys, that we know. No. This Scott, is how, Scott opening up his garage. Scott Evans. What am I doing? There's a new event that's be that's being uh, organized called Force Fest. It is an online Star Wars convention to bring fans together. It's taking place August 28th and thir- through the 30th, 2020. Uh, the lead organizer is, are podcasters and live streamers, including Richard and Sarah Wolowski. Now, Richard and Sarah live about three blocks that way, like right between you and I, Scott. Oh my god! <laughs> and they are the hosts of Skywalking Through Neverland. Oh, they have uh, done some promotion for a few things on our show, and I met them once at, at uh, Timeless Pints for a pint, and we talked podcasting. They're really nice people. I was going to say, who who knew that Long Beach was the center of the Star Wars podcast universe? 
Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, uh, and uh, there's another host from a, a podcast called Tatooine Sons, and that's S-O-N-S, if you're looking for that show. Uh, good title. And, um, and then Chatter Squadron, and that is Tyler Bucks and Around the Galaxy with Pete Flezer. Star Wars Underworld, that's a popular one with Ben Hart, and Star Wars Autograph News with Frank Rich. So all of these podcasters got together. I'm still waiting for my call, but um, they got together and they're organizing this event. So I'm thinking we might want to reach out to Sarah, who also, by the way, makes masks. She's selling like, uh, you know, COVID masks online and they're mm-hmm. nice. Richard and Sarah. Um, are organizing this Skywalking Through Neverland podcast. Check it out. And uh, you might want to check out this uh, Force Fest as well. August 28th. Yeah. Interesting. I love, I love fan, you know, fan, fan, fan stuff makes the Star Wars world go round. Right. I, I move that our producer, Steve, reach out to them to see if the Wretched Hive is worthy of participating in this event. Is there a second for my motion, Mr. Lent? Uh, I second the motion. A motion accepted that uh, will be written into the official uh, officialness of the official show. <laughs> it's, it's it sounded like, hear you. It's, it was, sounded like Radar O'Reilly on MASH there. Oh, yes, sir, you signed that in triplicate, and now you just have to sign this form to note that you signed it in triplicate, sir. I was trying to channel the governor from Blazing Saddles, but I just, just think of your secretary. Um, oh, MC. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see. What else do we have? Great. Well, I will go because since you're talking about online fan conventions, I will say this past weekend, the weekend, well the, Thank you. The, oh, yeah. the, the last weekend of July is typically Nerdvana, if you will, mm. Comic Con in San Diego, which did not take place this year, unfortunately. But they did experiment with something shiny and new. Um, First cancellation, Comic- I think, right, Greg? Comic-Con First year it hasn't happened since it started. Uh, I believe that's correct. I don't know that that is 100% accurate from like the maybe the 70s, but yeah, it is. It is uh, the first time in a very, 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 very long time that the San Diego Convention Center was not descended upon by every nerd in the uh, in the country uh, mm-hmm. to to celebrate everything that is pop culture. So they did Comic Con at home this year, and did you guys? Check out any of the panels at all? Did you guys see any reaction? Just no. Just, yeah. Steve, do you have some crickets on a soundboard you can play for me? I, I don't have. <laughs> it's okay. We didn't we didn't prep that, so it's okay. I was just taking a shot. I, well, was, I saw a couple of the after uh, uh, YouTube videos. Yeah. I I did check out a few of them, and I'm just going to say you guys didn't really miss much. So <laughs> um, I I give them all the credit in the world. I There was a couple things that I was excited to check out. I wanted to watch the panel on the New Mutants. Um, I mentioned What We Do in the Shadows. There was a panel for the cast of What We Do in the Shadows. And, you know, guys, we've done this show via Skype for for. Four years now? Is it four years, Steve? Is that accurate? Yeah, five at this point. Four and a half or so. Yep, yep. And we still get into this rut of like, oh my god, you go, no, you, uh, no, uh, Scott, you go, Steve, Steve, you, and Scott definitely does not fall under that category. Yeah, I'm just here jumping on this. 
it was just you know each panel was about an hour of these guys going oh no you go you 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 go and no you uh, go next you you go and it was it, some of it was really rough to watch i i was happy to see the new mutants panel actually was okay when they were talking about content of the of the movie and stuff like that mm. And they showed, they opened up the panel, which I thought was the best part, where they opened up a panel with what was the intro to the trailer, and it says, coming, you know, April 2018, and then it scratches that out, it says, coming, you know, November 2019, and it scratches that out, and they, they kept going through all of the release dates that they had to scrap and cancel. All uh, five of the release strong. dates, right? Yeah. It was it was really really funny. And they talked about the curse of the movie, but it's how kind of fitting because the the movie is based on the Demon Bear storyline. If you're familiar at all with the New Mutants comic book, yeah, uh, they tried to make the most of it, but it was it was pretty rough to watch. It it really was. Uh, I, and they, and another prop, more props out to uh, the what we do in the shadows, talking about working with Mark Hamill, who has a very very memorable. Uh, episode that he guest stars in in season two something to motivate you motherfuckers to actually watch that shows mark mark hamill <laughs> guest stars in 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 one episode of season two i'm not going to tell you which one so you have to watch all of them uh, yeah because we'll never figure out which episode it is on our own exactly there no resources out there for us the internet will never tell you it will uh, never I, tell you great i was able to find way. I, I was able to find some uh, live fan reaction audio uh, f- from from the panel. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. But if anything that I got out of the announcements they, that they made, it was just all the fucking delays. that, that came, And not all of these were announced via the Comic-Con at Home YouTube page. I mean, some of them were just happened to be coinciding, but the the... The the dis on the Disney side of things, since we are a Star Wars podcast, all of these Star Wars movies have all been pushed back one year. So everything you know, they haven't announced any titles or anything like that, but they they had announced release dates for these movies. They've all been pushed back a year. All of the Avatar movies, all whatever nineteen sequels or whatever they <laughs> they are for Avatar sequels, all of those are pushed back a year. Uh, the Disney Mulan remake that they did the live action remake that they did that they did of mulan is delayed indefinitely at this point no release date announced um i think that i think that black widow is still scheduled for either an october or november release but that is delayed the movie that everybody was holding their their hopes up which is not a disney release the movie that everybody was holding their hopes up for was the the um Tenet, who is Christopher Nolan's next movie, Tenet, coming out. That one is not coming out in the States as a, as originally planned. It's got maybe an October release date, but it is going to be released in Europe because Europe has theaters that are open. So they're going to do a split release. Thank you, on President that. Trump. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> so... It looks like in the States, the movie that is going to be leading the charge at this point, if things don't change, which they probably will, but the movie that's going to be leading the charge, guys, any guesses? Any guesses? Bill and motherfucking Ted. (laughs) Conveniently titled Face the Music. So (laughs) Exactly. So Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter reviving 30-year-old characters and saying, we're going at it one more time. How about it, guys? I just watched the trailer for it, and they look shockingly old. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I 
Keanu Reeves looks weird without his beard today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He, he looks very strange. That was the most striking thing about it. There's just, there's something, you know, I don't know if it's almost like he, he looks like they de-aged him. You know, that uncanny Valley look when they de-age actors, mm-hmm. he right. looks like that, but in real life. Huh? I'm, yeah. I, I you wish know, I could do that. That sounds pretty good. Actually. <laughs> I've rewatched this trailer a couple times. It's getting better as I watch it, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels funky and, it it kind of it hurts a little bit. Although I will give the uh, the shout out to Death in there is who's What's playing the same, yeah the same actor I forget his name but yeah, yeah he's the same actor playing playing a, a game of hopscotch by himself and cheating, <laughs> 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 which is great. It's just a great throwback to part two. Um, exactly. Yeah, freaking freaking God. Bill and Ted's out of all. It's <laughs> really. hilarious. I know. Yeah, that's that. I'm like, wow, that's the movie we're going with, huh? All right, well, all right. So my my guess on Black Widow is that they're they're hesitant about pushing that out any farther because it's it's intertwined with Disney Plus TV releases. Yeah, and yeah. They, and they don't want to postpone those any more than they already have. That's just yeah. a guess on my part. So the they did finally say that the Falcon and Winter Soldier show is going to be pushed back. That was supposed to come out in the fall. That's going to be pushed back. But they haven't announced what's going on with um, the WandaVision Morbius, show. the living vampire. That is Sony, Sony. Spider-Man-verse, not related, Fuck. unfortunately. Damn but it. still, but still, starring, still starring Jared Leto for some reason. God, uh, Nico. Reason. Come on. God, Spider-Man Nico. 3 was pushed back a year, though, I think, wasn't it? I think so. I think you're right. I think Spider-Man 3 was pushed back a year. And, they, and, and I think that they're pushing back the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, one, because they brought in Sam Raimi. And two, because they can't film. But they're going to start filming. I think they're... Because they, they were supposed to start filming this summer. But now they said that filming should commence uh, sometime in the spring, I think is what they last said. So, so. questions, questions, mm-hmm. thoughts. Uh, all the Marvel movies are, they don't, while they don't comment directly on like current event things, they're very current times, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you think that we're ever going to see in these Marvel movies going forward? some sort of connection or you know comments on this whole covid thing where they're going to bring up the pandemic and you're going to see people walking down the streets wearing masks you're going to see i don't know that they do i don't know that they do because it is very much a separate universe i understand that but there's there's I, I, i think if they ever did it would be in the context of something that's happening specific to that event. Like if the, you know, the legacy virus was unleashed and everybody was trying to protect themselves from that. Like they would do something that's a callback to it, but it would have a, a very strict Marvel theme. Well, and, and if you if you if you break it down, and you think about it, they've kind of already done that with the Thanos snap that got rid of half the population. And then they had a five year time jump and they looked at all these people and the effect that it had not on them as heroes, the effect that it had on them as people in Endgame as they're following around what's going on. Steve Rogers is leading a therapy group, you know, 
Black Widow is just is just in in this ultimate depression because of what's happening with Hawkeye and just what's happened the state of the world and everything like that. I, I I think that they've kind of dealt with that already with Endgame. I don't know that they would go back and talk about a pandemic in in a in a in a global pandemic sense. They kind of had a a a a broader version of that with the Thanos snap. Was the uh, was it the X Men? Uh, there was an X Men movie that centered around the. Um, the Cuban Missile Crisis, first yeah. class. Was first class, first yeah, class. Yeah, so there, there have been, there is some precedent for, you know, using actual historical events in in the MCU and building a movie around that. So it's, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. It's first possible. class is first um, class. I, I'm watching those movies again because I realize I've never seen Dark Phoenix, so I just want to. I want to build up to the crap fest that is Dark Phoenix, so I'm kind of watching them all in sequence. But yeah, First Class is a really good movie. It's like they got it's like they got away with something. Yeah, the movie is that good. First Class is is excellent. I completely agree with you. I even appreciate what they did in Days of Future Past. I like them bringing the two casts together. I like that, Mm -hmm. but. Because they brought Days of Future Past and Apocalypse just to just to Disney Plus just recently, I did go back and watch Apocalypse, and that movie is fucking hot garbage. It is so bad. <laughs> so, I've also I'm I'm also realizing I've never seen Apocalypse, so that's oh. probably what I'm going to watch this weekend. So is it better or worse than Dark Phoenix? Uh, I mean, like, it's how, better how than Dark. It? It's better than Dark Phoenix. These movies get just really fall off a cliff. So, so yeah. how much uh. shit am I wading through on my next two? Marvel movie watching things for Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix back to back. You know, the worst part about Apocalypse, and I and I don't remember the runtime of of Dark Phoenix, but Apocalypse is literally two and a half hours long, and and it feels like it's two yeah. and a half hours long too. Oh, and there is there is so little that happens in in Apocalypse. You're literally watching characters the 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 big superhero fights are the characters standing around screaming at each other. It's yeah. and. You know, it is it is such a weird, weird way to construct an an action movie when there's no action in it. And, and Dave, you're familiar with the X Men saga, so if you know like Fall of the Mutants and um, uh, what's what's the Apocalypse storyline? It's um, is it Age of Apocalypse? A- is it Age of Apocalypse? What was the one in between? There was one in between there. There's 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 a lot of Apocalypse storylines. I'm not trying to. I'm no, not no, trying to be a dick, but there's there's more than one. <laughs> okay, there was the mutant massacre, there was fall of the mutants, and then it went into Inferno. 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 Mm-hmm. So if you understand all those big tie-ins and you try and watch it, you'll see what they were trying to do. And Greg is absolutely right. I had to go back and rewatch it, and it is a mess. It's just a I don't know if I want to go hot mess, but yeah, it's a mess. And the sad thing is, is there are characters in that film that I was so excited to see. I think Psy- Psylocke is in that film and mm-hmm. And I was so happy to see some of these great X-Men characters show up and they just are wasted. Like there's nothing for them. Uh, Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron himself plays Apocalypse and he is just unrecognizable under all of the makeup and just stands around brooding and scowling the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, are you watching them in release order or timeline order? Release order. Yeah. Okay. So you started with X-Men and then X-Men 2 and move forward. Okay. Oh, wait, so, wait. Ooh, X-Men The Last Stand, better or worse than Dark Phoenix? Oh, wow. Because that, oh. that, is, that, is, that is a gargling pile of shit of a movie. Yeah, in, in, the, in the pantheon of bad third movies in a trilogy, um, 
you know, you, you, you've got uh, Dark Knight Rises, which is not a good movie. You've got The Last Stand. You've got Spider-Man 3. Um, and Godfather 3. Godfather 3, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll deservedly put that so one in cool. there, actually. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to come across a, a worse one than The Last Stand. Um, I think it's I think it's close call between what's worse, Dark Phoenix or The Last Stand. And considering the Dark Phoenix saga is such a good storyline, how they've had two swings at it and missed them both, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Because so, Kevin Feige wasn't producing it. So, yeah. Dave, yeah. to answer your question, because I don't think Greg actually got to the point, what would you compare it to? Here's the catch. Imagine, wow. imagine any of those old 80s Vietnam films where the worst moments in those films where they're sludging through like like sewage and, you know, outhouse, everything just just and guns above their head. It's like that. But imagine your head was below it and you were just <laughs> so, imagine. So what I'm hearing is imagine it's Shawshank Redemption. Except I'm not just crawling on my hands and knees through shit. I'm actually swimming through the shit out to the yeah, river. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, underwater to see if you can get across the length of the pool, but you can't, and you gargle a little bit at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tie a bow on Comic-Con with the last thing that I felt was interesting, and it's had nothing to do with the panels, but it's all loaded on... Uh, Comic-Con International's YouTube page. So if you go to the YouTube page and load up all the videos, you can see everything that produced that they produced out of it. And if they got nothing else of it, which I realize this is exactly why they did it, is, you know, because when you have panels, you can you know how many people go attend all these panels, right? Well, there it is on the YouTube page. You can see how many people are viewing all of these videos. And it's interesting to see what people choose to view and not the big stuff because everybody's going to watch you know there was a walking dead panel there's a new mutant and those have thousands upon thousands of views but all of the other creator co- creator content panels that you know some of them had 1200 views and i was like super happy for those guys and then you know other ones had like maybe just two or three hundred views and i was like oh so bad feel so bad for those guys and it just you know I know that data is everything in this day and age, and I realize that's why they did it online, so they could see exactly what they're going to plan for next year and what people are willing to go see. Just a, a, a an interesting social study, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your your new mutants thing. I just have to say this: if you are a fan of it, that panel, as as bad as all the online stuff is, and and uh, them dealing with the Zoom and all that stuff, it was pretty awesome to see some of that footage. So yeah. Yeah. No, I this this as much as this movie has been delayed, it has got to be really bad because the footage that they keep putting out looks good. I, I I'm not you know, it looks different. It looks, you know, it looks fresh. It looks, you know, something that they haven't produced before. Yeah. And I want to see this movie. And I'm 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 just really sad that it's it's taken three years to get it to actually be seen. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> See, I, I, I honestly think this should be like a running joke now. I think when you go to IMDb and you're looking at, you know, what movies grossed what? I think for 2018, it should say New Mutants, zero dollars. <laughs> I think for 2019, it should say New Mutants, zero dollars at the bottom. And I just I actually think the movie shouldn't come out at this point. I think it should just be like the Flying Dutchman. It's something we always talk about and no one's ever seen. It's it's Jerry Lewis's The Day the Laughter Died is what it is. 
I, came, I came one. into it. I came in watching it, and I really there is that cynicism, that snarkiness. I, I get it. I love the way they played it off in the trailer. Uh, even at the very end, with the new release date, they have a joke with all the little uh, text pop-up bubbles. Yeah. Possibly, maybe. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, it says fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> yeah. but, but honestly, there was a total geek moment. It, it was the closest thing I felt to actually being at Comic-Con was when you see Alana Magic uh, extend her arm out and that sword starts growing over her yeah. arm. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to have magic, which would be phenomenal to tie in a lot of that magic world with Doctor Strange. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. demons, all the hell universe. It mm-hmm. would be so badass to bring that in. And Kevin Feige talking about the film saying, I didn't want them to mess it up. What we saw originally was fantastic. So that brings a little hope to me as well. That this yeah. could be a good damn film. You so. know, that's actually a major current storyline too. Is the Strange Academy is like is Doctor Strange and Magic are like running a a school of sorcerers. So, yes. so that you know very much ties into what's going on today in the in the Marvel universe, the Marvel would, Cinematic Universe, I should say. Hmm. So. Well, and her connection to the X Men also would be bring in another X Men story. There's Colossus mm-hmm. right there. So his her brother. So I yeah. just. I'm I'm hopeful for it as much as I also look at it like this could yeah. be another pile of shit, but I don't know. So guys, we we like all kinds of movies, and believe it or not, we watch more movies than just Marvel and Star Wars. And we have a story uh, that Dave you want to cover about what I feel like is a near perfect film, Robert Zemeckis and Back to the Future. What a great movie. And you had a story about this, uh, about actors that that um, that tried out for for some for the roles that then maybe it's good they didn't get these roles, Dave. So it's the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future. First of all, that that's why all this stuff is coming up. And I think it is well known to to anybody who's a fan of films and Back to the Future in general that it, it, it it's a product that has a very strong path not taken. And that Michael J. Fox, legit star turn role in Back to the Future, legit star turn role for of a 1980s movie, he was not the first choice to play the role. Yeah, Eric Stoltz was actually originally cast as Marty McFly, and they were a couple weeks into shooting the movie with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly when they realized this wasn't right, and they had to go back and, and find a way to give it to, to Michael J. Fox. And I don't think that happens very often where you get that deep into a movie and you say, we're switching out the lead and starting over from scratch. And I want to give Bob Zemeckis a lot of credit. He's never talked about it in a way to make Eric look bad. They've never really shown a lot of the footage from it. You've gotten to see a couple of scenes or sequences over the years, but never, never anything dramatic that would, that would show like, Oh, that's, that's why they made the switch. Mm -hmm. But there were some tweets that came out in the last couple of days that were th- bits I didn't know. And I, I, I ran this by you guys earlier. And you didn't know either. But people who auditioned for the part and didn't get it. And John Cryer was tweeting about how he auditioned for the part of Marty McFly and, and did not receive it. And he tweeted that in response to Ben Stiller acknowledging that he read for the part of Marty McFly. And didn't get it. That's amazing. Can you imagine so, Ben Stiller in that role? 
I, I can't so, imagine oh, anybody in the role but yeah. Michael J. Fox, because that, that is how deeply he inhabited that character and, and made it his own and made it something memorable. But uh, So Ben Stiller read for it. Kira Sedgwick read for a role in it. I'm assuming the, uh, the Leah Thompson role, probably. John Cryer read. Billy Zane read. Peter DeLuise read for a role. Uh, C. Thomas Howell read for a role. Like that, that's that's a Billy, pretty impressive group of people to turn down. Billy Billy Zane is in the movie. He's in all three movies. Yes, yeah. he got yes, but he didn't get cast as Marty McFly. He got oh, cast he, in oh, I said auditioned for Marty McFly. Okay, yeah, yeah. he because he got cast as one of the bully buddies of Biff. Yes, yep. right. So, uh, John Cryer also tweeted some of his memories about it because he clearly auditioned from an earlier script. So again. Uh, one of the things that I do remember, I, I think Bob, meeting Bob Gale talked about, is that the time machine was originally a refrigerator, yeah, ah. and it was switched to a DeLorean later. So John Cryer clearly auditioned off of one of those early drafts, because here's what he says. Uh, quote, it opened with Marty McFly playing the Close Encounters theme on his electric guitar while he pirated a VHS cassette of the movie. At the at the time machine wasn't a DeLorean that had to travel at 88 miles per hour and have 1.21 gigawatts of power, but it was just a time machine that needed nuclear fission and a secret ingredient that turns out to be coca-cola the final sequence didn't involve a clock tower or a lightning bolt but instead finds marty sneaking onto an atom bomb test site with his time machine to be near the nuclear fission that he needs for it to work in an eerie scene he finds the test site is complete with exquisitely detailed suburban houses and mannequins to simulate the effects of an atomic explosion on an american town he gets the time machine in place. The atom bomb is about to go off. He's reaching for the Coca-Cola. The countdown is at 10, 9, 8, when he slips and drops the bottle. It shatters on the ground. He's all out of Coke. He panics, but then remembers he's in the 1950s, and any self-respecting American suburban home has a bottle of Coke in it, for God's sake. So he checks the refrigerator, and sure enough, there's one there. He pours it in the time machine, and then he realizes he forgot to figure out how to survive an atomic explosion, but then it dawns on him there's a lead-lined box nearby, otherwise known as a refrigerator. And, uh... Clearly, Spielberg really liked that idea because he used it years <laughs> later as the opening for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Right. But God. I, I, it, I did not know John Cryer read for that part. It makes perfect freaking sense, though, if you, you look at what the arc of where he was and who they were looking for for that movie at that moment in time. I was going to say, he was full on. I mean, that I, it was just a couple of years later, he was ducky and pretty in pink, and he, he kind of was always that little, you know, outcast, you know, friend on the side kind of guy for, for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was a, he was the guy that you didn't know, an actor that I don't think had any mainstream recognition, but I guarantee at that moment in time, every agent in town knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. And he would, that's why he would get invited to these reads. But that is... Uh, that was an amazing bit of Back to the Future history that I didn't know, and I was really excited to find out today. And uh, great stuff. They are re-releasing the movie, this the trilogy, this October in a 4K remastered uh, uh, Blu-ray set. So if you're a fan, check it out and buy it because I honestly will be. I know it's not Star Wars, but one of the great iconic movies of the 80s and one of the great trilogies. So yeah. you don't have you don't have the previous Blu-ray set they put out. I have the previous Blu-ray set, but it is not a 4K set. Oh and that's yes, I've been holding yeah. out to get. Yeah. You are a com- you are a completist, and I I, I think I'm a they snob, put, sir. I am not a completist. I they, am a <laughs> snob and a completist. They they put I, didn't they put some of the Eric Stoltz footage on that previous 
Blu-ray set, and they put some on there. Not a whole bunch, like you were saying before. I mean, it's still very much. I think that's kind of protected, you know. But I think they put a few, more than a few scenes out on that disc, if I remember correctly. There, there's some stuff on there. Not enough that you can really get a sense of what is he doing that's so different with the character that made them yeah. go, "Oh, wait, we don't want Eric. We want Michael J. Fox instead." And yeah. all the ridiculous conditions we have to agree to to get him off the set of Family Ties to do it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's the story of of Indiana Jones with Tom Selleck and the negotiations for Magnum P.I. um, that led to the casting of of Harrison Ford. Um, And the the story of I I think the one that fascinates me the most is how Pierce Brosnan was going to be James Bond before Timothy Dalton. Yes. And literally walking or leaving to go to a press conference, NBC called his agent and forced him back into Remington Steel, and he had to back out of doing James Bond for a couple of years until Goldeneye after the Timothy Dalton era. Um, but literally was signed, sealed, and delivered to be James Bond, and NBC pulled him out of it against his wishes. So can we thank NBC then for Tomorrow Never Dies? Is, is, is the t- are the Timothy Dalton movies really considered an era? <laughs> two, well, two, two movies can be an two. era. Why not? Is that, is Why that not? really... It's not, a, it's not a Lazenby. It's more than a Scaramucci. It is more than a Scaramucci. It, it's, about, it's about 200 Scaramucci's. I'll give you that. But. Hey, don't knock Lazenby now. Lazenby was a pretty good Bond, actually. He was. That's a great film. Um, he was one and done. One That's and done. right. <laughs> so, so, Dave, on Back to the Future, I know we're all super big fans of that, and I, I hold it up there with yeah. our great trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. Um it is a. Fa- I just rewatched it actually because what else do you have to do during quarantine? But um, I I love the facts. I love the the little details. I've seen the interviews with Zemeckis. They do hold uh, Eric Stoltz in high regards. If you really know who he is and his acting style back in the '80s, you could clearly see that he probably was giving it his best. It just wasn't what they were looking for. And when you can see how. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to just call him Marty McFly, but uh, um, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. totally brought that character to life, and it's that chemistry between him and Doc Brown are amazing. It's just it's that amazing bond that you see in films, and I love it. I, I'm you totally took me by surprise. Like I almost fell out of my chair when I read that. I'm like, what? Ben Stiller? And then I thought for a second, yeah, Mystery <laughs> Men. Mystery Man, he's got some charisma in that film. <laughs> so there was recently a, a video circulating, a Michael J. Fox commercial. I think it's for Diet Pepsi. And it's right around the time that um, Back to the Future came out in 85. And it is it is just, he's in full-on Marty McFly mode. He's trying to, this girl comes to his door and she's like, do you have a Diet Pepsi? And he's like, oh, you know, sure. He's, he's doing the Michael J. Fox thing and he runs and he's out. He has to go out and find some really quick. Uh, look that up, Michael J. Fox Pepsi commercial. It it is Marty McFly. I mean, it's he's so. And, and the the protection that they have of Eric Stoltz, it's the protection that Zemeckis has over that whole franchise too. His the terms of the deal with Universal, they can't do anything with the property without his permission, or even once he passes his estate's permission. Wow. Because they've they've come wow. in and and said, you know, we want to do a remake or we want to do another sequel, we want to do this, and he's just like, no, you're not touching yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I'm Good I'm assuming him. that exists because he tried to get the movie made for so long and nobody would buy it because nobody wanted to make a movie about a guy 
having an affair with his mother. <laughs> right? Everybody, everybody passed on it. And the, the only reason that movie got made is because Spielberg knew Zemeckis. And after the success of E.T., Universal was like, what do, what do you want, Steve? What do you got? You literally can do anything. E.T. has now passed Star Wars and is the highest grossing movie of all time. You are you are the king of the world. What do you want to do? And he said, I want to produce Back to the Future. Yeah. And they said, so cool. really? That's You have a wish and that's your wish? Really? You don't want to <laughs> wish for more wishes. There's so many great scenes in the trilogy. One of my favorites, I remember one of my sort of like mind-blowing moments in my teenage years was, I think it's in part two, when Marty goes back and he's climbing over the stage where he is playing the, yeah. um, yes. the with the band, and yeah. you you see the camera angle look at his back and then down at the other Marty playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that um, Pulp Fiction non-linear moment where you're like, whoa, "Whoa, this is super cool!" It was like one of those just sort of iconic moments of my childhood, th- seeing that film and going. Wow, this has there's so much they can do with this and so much potential and and so it's so creative. Yeah, it the was just a great little moment. The chemistry and those moments, Steve, make that trilogy. Even a lot of people have criticized part two as being not the best one, but it really does have a lot going for it. And those moments are great, but even more so is when Doc is trying to tell Marty not to run into his other self, which <laughs> and he's like, but I feel like that was a week ago. It was a week ago, Marty. I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god. Just, I had a hard time producing this video segment for this podcast, and that's only seven minutes long. And I swear to God, doing that line must have just blown their heads. Like in the part when they're telling you about time travel, is one I've been using during this whole quarantine. Is like. It's like we're not even in Hill Valley. No, this is Hill Valley, but it's like hell or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's what I kind of feel like all the time. <laughs> so I, I, I am one of those critics of part two. I, I'm not I'm not going to go Scott and Last Jedi level, but I am a critic of part two. Yeah. And that's just largely because it's, they, it's they the never, weakest of the three. Yeah, it is. But they never they never meant for there to be a sequel. Yeah, again, it's Back to the Future again holds a place. It's a movie that was altered for its video release. When it was in theaters, it was meant to be standalone. And at the end of it, the DeLorean flies into the screen and it just goes black and the credits start rolling. They yep. added that card to be continued on the VHS release. Ah, and, nice and little trivia. And nice. Bob Gale has always said, like, God, if I knew we were going to make a sequel, I wouldn't have ended it that way. Because you're written completely into a corner on how you have to start the next movie now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's... it's um. It, it, it is nice to see a trilogy where they actually do have a satisfying ending and they I think they pretty much hit all of the all of the open plot threads and wrap them all up in a satisfying way. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but they you know, when you talk about sticking the landing, that one's you know, as far as sticking the landing that I think that even the Russian judge gives that a nine eight. So J.J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Abrams not involved. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Guys, we've come to this part of the show. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Guaranteed laugh with this one. Are you insane? Yes, I am. Guaranteed. (laughs) Things gotta breathe, Steve. (laughs) I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't wear underwear. (laughs) 
Things got to breathe. Uh, this tweet of the show of the week comes from Star Wars Joke a Day on Twitter. Star Wars Joke a Day. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Star Wars Joke a Day tweets. Did you hear about the fast food chain started by Ewoks? <laughs> so, no. Yeah, there were branches all over Endor. Um, no, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, oh. oh, damn it, I screwed that up. <laughs> nope, that was a great segue to exit that little bit of the awful joke of the week. Uh, uh, let's try this Are again. you insane? All right, yes, I am. Uh, Mr. President, what did you think of that joke? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Mm. All right, here's another one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We got out unscathed. <laughs> Is this uh, off of StarWarsDadJokes.com? No. I, I don't know. I don't like that one. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is one you don't All like. Right. Hang on. That's a more that's a more interesting question. What's All the right. one you don't like? What was what? What is General Grievous's favorite band? What's his General Grievous's favorite band? Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Weezer. Oh, get it? Weezer. That's pain. Oh, well. <sighs> with that, I always like to end the show on a high note, as you guys know. I always end with Star Wars Tweet of the Week. That's why we do that. Because yeah. it's, always- <laughs> it's always it's always funny. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not so much. Uh, guys, if you have a joke of the week that is better than the one I just read, give us a call and let us know about it on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell Hive. You're goddamn right. You can also find us online at our new URL. You can stream every show from episode one back when we were the second order for two episodes. <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I were you, but you can do it at wretchedhivepodcast.net. If you want to see what uh, the Comic-Con at home sounded like, go back and listen to our podcast from 2016. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. That's mean but accurate all at the same time. <laughs> I actually think I have what our first the fan reaction from our first podcast um, here if I can pull it up there it is there it is there we go yeah. guys episode 157 is in the books final thoughts and make it quick oh we're running out of time aren't we I don't have any final thoughts sorry what All did right. everyone call Lando before before he became a really good pilot quickly Crashdo. have a great week guys and may the force be with us all <laughs> Oh, you nailed it! I think you—I think you pretty much hit it yeah. right there. You hit the post on that one, my friend. Barely, barely, barely. Nice, good job. Free Joe Kelly. <laughs>